2: programs, and welcome back to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. Uh, something we were talking a little bit about before the show, uh, I went to my local retro gaming place today, and I noticed that prices are starting to come down a bit. Uh, and I'm wondering if the bubble is starting to burst a bit.
0: I think it's starting to become a little unstable. It yeah. still hasn't popped yet. But it's the signs of it popping are there,
2: because uh, usually over the past couple of months, uh, I've been going to the local retro gaming store here, and I noticed that games like Legend of Zelda, uh, Metroid, those type of titles for the NES, the especially the original Gold Box NES um, Legend of Zelda, those were going for $50, 60 bucks a piece, even though there were, you know, they had four or five copies of them they were Mm -hmm. going for top dollar. And I'm like, I'm not paying this much for these games. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Especially when you have five or six of them sitting in your glass case here. I'm just not paying that much. There's no reason to. Uh, For one thing, like especially The Legend of Zelda, yeah, it looks pretty because it's in a gold cartridge, but there were millions of these things made. Yeah, it's are, not very uncommon. Yeah, they're out there floating just in the ether. You know, they they were a very common title, um, and especially like the re-release. The, the actually the re-release, the gray cartridge for the Legend of Zelda is actually more rare than the gold cartridge because that was the second printing, uh, and they didn't make quite as many. But I noticed today. Uh, they they used to have a 40 uh, at one time they were fifty nine ninety nine price tag on especially the Legend of Zelda. And then it went down to forty nine. I went in there today and the price tag was twenty nine. So I'm starting to see uh, the prices starting to come down a bit. So I'm wondering, like you said, are we on the cusp of the bubble starting to burst a bit?
0: Well, and even with retro gaming stores cuz I I've got a couple here in town and I went uh to Pricebuster's yesterday and I found Secret of Evermore, which I've been looking for for a while and it was only I think like 25 maybe 30 bucks. <coughs> yeah. Whereas normally you see those games for, you know, 50 easy. Yeah. Now, now some are still a bit ridiculous in price cuz they had two copies of Secret of Mana and they were both 70. So yeah. I was like, uh, I I don't think so. Well, but the retro, Secret of Evermore, you know that that yeah. one I was willing to to pay the extra money for. But I, but I am noticing the prices are starting to come down. They're still a little pricey in you know some aspects, but I've noticed a lot they're slowly starting to decrease.
2: Yeah, and I've noticed that with a lot of the different titles, especially the because uh, you know they have the wall titles that are. You know, you find 15 copies of like Top Gun <laughs> on the wall, yeah, and then you've got the glass case where you've got the Legend of Zelda's, you got your Ducktales, um, Metroid uh, titles like that, and the prices are steadily starting to come down. Um, and I I did take a look at the GameCube games today too, and uh, prices are a little. A little stout on those as well. Um, GameCube games used to be pretty cheap, especially um, up until, I would say what, probably... I'd say up until about four or five years ago, um, they stopped selling GameCube games at GameStop. And I remember yeah. being able to go to GameStop and picking up GameCube games for like 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. But now yeah, it, they're it going is, for 30... 30 and 50 for the GameCube game. So I'm hoping that's not the next system that starts to skyrocket.
0: It would be interesting if it did because I don't remember the GameCube really being that popular of a system. Now, that might make the games even more rare, but I know what you mean because uh, Pikmin 2 was a game that I looked for for a while and it's one that sells for crazy amounts of money. Yeah. I guess because it's harder to find than Pikmin 1. Like you can find Pikmin 1 pretty much anywhere, but I've very rarely seen 2 anywhere whether it be at you know a retro store or at a convention. It's not the easiest one to find.
2: Yeah. Well, I just I feel kind of sick to my stomach today as I was looking through the GameCube games because I just recently acquired a GameCube again and I used to have one. Back in the day, and I had a lot of games for it. I had a lot of the the Star Wars games, like uh, the Rebel, I think it's called Rebel Assault, or whatever it was. A couple of different Rebel Star Strike. Wars games. Yeah, Rebel Strike. Uh, I had Resident Evil uh, 4. I had the Resident Evil re-release. Uh, I had Metroid Prime. I had Luigi's Mansion. I had Legend of Zelda Ocarina. Not um, What was it? Wind Waker. Wind Waker. And uh, I had the Twilight Princess for it, because that was the last title produced for the uh the the GameCube. Um but I had a lot of those games, man, and they're going for like 35, 40 bucks now and I'm like, "Man, if I want to get my collection again, I'm going to be paying through the nose."
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but like we said at the beginning, hopefully hopefully we're seeing the start of the prices coming down. Yeah.
2: I hope but so. The only because... time will tell I'm not doing it to get these games to resell them in the future. I'm getting these games because I want the collection. I want to have all the things that I didn't have as a kid and all the things that I did have as a kid. I want to keep them. I want to show them off. I don't want to turn around and make a quick buck. That's not what I'm in it for. And that's why these prices have been driven up so hard, is because of speculators. And, you know, that's always a sure sign that the bubble's going to burst eventually is when speculators start to come in, so... That's been that way for a few years now.
0: So what you're saying is you're not a scalper. I am not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, well, let's go ahead and move into our news for this week. The new Atari Retro Range announced it is arriving to- in time for Christmas. The 2600 is back. Uh, The Atari Retro Handheld is a throwback to the classic Atari experience with a design in mind purely for the Atari fan. And this news article comes to us from funstock.retro.co.uk. With the immortalized wood effect, it comes packed with 50 classic games built in such as Asteroids, Pong, Centipede, Missile Command, Breakout, Millipede, and more. The handheld has a 2.4-inch screen and AV to display them on your TV. Um, an HDMI adapter will also be available if you want to pay if you want to play Atari Classics on your modern TV in HD. The buttons are incredibly responsive and feature an analog joystick in the style of the classic Atari joypad. What do you think about this? I, I would actually spend money on this.
0: Yeah, the I'm looking at the I'm looking at the pictures right now, and it actually looks really cool. I mean, I was gonna say that. It seems like every week we talk about some type of version of the Atari being yeah. re-released for the holidays, but this one it looks legitimate. Yeah, like it, I, I love the wooden look to it. Um, I like the classic look, but it also has the HDMI adapter where you can play it on an actual modern television. Yeah, i'd i'd be i'd be willing to to probably fork some money over this.
2: Yeah, it doesn't say. Does it say how much it's going to be going for? Uh let's see console the console will retail for just about 35 pounds uh so i don't know what that converts to uh in american dollars i um, will look that up real quick i'd say probably what uh, like 25 bucks because the the pound is actually kind of low right now
0: 34.99 let's yeah, see yeah. 34.99 is just over $45 in the United States.
2: Oh wow, so it's more.
0: Hmm. So, 1 British pound equals $1.30 in the United States.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
0: But I I'd be willing to to check this out. I mean, it it looks fun. You know, I've mentioned I've never played the Atari before, but it's got it's got a list of 50 games that will be out with it. Um yeah, I I I like this.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got an HDMI out. I mean, it, it looks really nice. Like, this is something you would actually want to, like, put up on a shelf when you're not playing it because it actually looks kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it might be worth the 45 bucks. You never know. So I don't know if I would pay that if it was, like, some sort of, Like that... Um, what were we talking about a few weeks ago? The the new Atari... What, what company was that? Now I can't even think. Um, you know, they were doing the Sega stuff. Yeah, they also do like Atari consoles as well, but they're never as good as uh, the original Atari. So, this might be something to think about because this is an an actual Atari product. So, this might be worth it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking to see. I don't think it has an actual release date yet.
2: Uh, Oh, it says in time for Christmas. So, it's got to be. I would bet money that this is going to come out in around November.
0: Yeah. But we'll, yeah, keep you, uh,
2: we'll keep everybody updated um, towards the end of the year. We'll keep an eye out for this thing, because it looks really cool. Yeah, for sure.
0: Our next story comes to us from express.co.uk. Big Nintendo Switch games update promises fans a major boost over the Wii U. The Nintendo Switch games list continues to receive new development support, both big and small. But no company is going to be able to compete with Nintendo's own plans for the console. While fans can look forward to the release of new Pokemon and Metroid games in 2018, the company are continuing to provide updates for their existing titles. Splatoon 2 would be one of them, with a new Splatfest kicking off this weekend. It launched uh, at 3 p.m. BST. I'm not sure what the B stands for in standard time. Uh, Basically, what... What Splatfest is? It's a weekend event usually that takes place in the Splatoon game where it has like a special theme uh, for multiplayer. It's a special mode that you can play for a limited amount of time. It, they did this for the Wii U version, and it was actually really fun to do. Like they did one that was simple as you know, ninjas versus pirates. So you could have a nin- your character could have a ninja outfit or a pirate outfit. Yeah. And whichever side you would choose, you would fight the other.
2: Uh, I think one of the things about this update is uh, the, Splatnet, the SplatNet service for the Splatoon game on the Wii U will be permanently closed on September 30th, 2017. And that's going to go for a lot of the Wii U stuff because also the Miiverse is closing in November as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be gone. And I think pretty much there's very, I mean, I would say, I want to say slowly, but not really. I think they're kind of quickly distancing themselves from the Wii U and they're pretty much going to pull all support for it within the next six months, probably.
0: You know, what's interesting is I was in Best Buy today and they had quite a few of uh, the Switch console in stock. Really? Yeah. They had like 10, they had like 10 Switches. Uh, Which was really surprising.
2: <laughs> they, they need to start getting on the, uh, the public's good side.
0: Yeah, especially after the, the SNES Classic fiasco.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, I, I can't really blame Nintendo for ceasing production on the Wii U because they need to be all in on the Switch because they can do nothing to change the fact that the Wii U was a failure mm-hmm. as far as a console goes. So they just need to go all in for the Switch You know, with the Splatfest, I'm sure they'll do something once, you know, they have a new Smash Brothers out, um, maybe do more with Mario Kart. They just just go all in on it, buy in, buy into your own product, go all in on it. And, you know, the people will follow because, I mean, I'm hoping that with seeing the, the switch in stock, especially in somewhere like Best Buy, is a sign that maybe we'll start seeing it in more places frequently.
2: I hope so cuz uh, I want to get my hands on one by the end of the year and I I hope that they have plenty for the Christmas season. Yeah,
0: that's going to be one where I could see starting in like November December, especially when Mario Odyssey comes out that it's going to start selling out again.
2: Yeah, I would I would think so. But uh but coming up uh next we have Sonic Mania boss A Sonic Mania boss pays homage to deceased fan hacker. Sorry, I read that. Kind of weird. But it means that that one of the bosses in the actual game, Sonic Mania. Uh, Motobug is the first enemy, and this comes to us from Kotaku. Uh, Motobug is the first enemy you ever encountered in Sonic. It's the series Goomba, in other words. And there's one in Sonic Mania named after a member of the Sonic hacking community who died a few years back. Named named Jimmy after the late Polygon Jimmy, it appears in the Lava Reef Zone as part of the Heavy Rider boss fight, which the Sonic the Hedgehog blog called attention to in a post earlier today. As an enhanced egg robo, Heavy Rider uses Jimmy as a mount while battling Sonic in the stage's second act. Jimmy isn't an ordinary motobug, however, unlike the normal kind, which have been a mainstay of the series ever since Sonic 1, Jimmy jumps. Uh, so, what do you think about that? Them adding, uh, you know, a, a boss in the game after a hacker.
0: I think it's a really cool tribute because you're reading further along in the article. Basically, um, it's a callback to Polygon Jim's better-known contributions to the Sonic hacking community. Yeah. Basically, he hacked the game where you play as a Moto Bug instead of Sonic, huh. and instead of collecting uh, extra lives, you collect spare parts. Oh, that's cool. So, so I think, you know, even though he was hacking the game, I think this was a nice little tribute. I love when games and even movies do little subtle things like this. I haven't had a chance to play Sonic Mania yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about it.
2: Yeah, I hear a lot of good things about it. It just takes Sonic back to the platform he needs to be in. 2D side-scroller.
0: yeah. What's funny is this game, you can't get a physical copy of it, I don't think. I think it's only a downloadable thing. Because I looked for it in GameStop and Best Buy and didn't find it. They had a a collector's edition in GameStop, but it was for the Xbox, where you basically get, um, get the download of the game, and it also comes with a statue of Sonic standing on top of a Sega Genesis which is actually pretty cool. But I, like, if it was for the PS4, I would have considered getting it, but I don't have an Xbox One. so yeah, I don't either. Unfortunately, I did not. Uh, but it says here, Polygon Jim died in a car crash back in 2013, so giving his work a posthumous nod is a nice way of honoring the contributions that have helped make Sonic more than just the sum of its parts. So I, I, I give props to Sega for doing this. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought this was one of the cooler stories. Uh, that we've read in the last couple of weeks.
2: Oh, yeah. It's nice to kind of give nods to people that have helped kind of further things, especially something like Sonic, uh, keeping that franchise alive and well, like in the fan community. For sure. But uh, coming up next, we have This Month in Video Game History.
0: In September of 1981, Namco releases Galaga, the sequel to Galaxian, which becomes more popular than the original. Galaga is one of those games that it came out a long, long time ago, but most everyone knows what that game is.
2: Yeah, that's your, like I, your granddaddy for all uh, shooters, like um, flight shooters.
0: For sure. I mean, we were talking about this at work the other day. You know, when you think of classic arcade games, the two that come up the most are Pac Man and Galaga.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, without Galaga, you wouldn't have like the 1942-1943 series, uh, especially even into the side-scrollers like uh, Gradius and things like that, like R-Type, that whole thing. All that stuff stems from Galaga.
0: Yeah, it's one of the most iconic and really most important video games that's ever been made, because like you said, it... It spawned so many great things that would never have happened if not for Galaga.
2: Yeah, and it's right up there with, uh, with like Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man to me. Something I see a lot, especially like you go to places like, um, like uh, pizza parlors and places like that, Um, places that have like you know a standalone arcade machine like up in the corner. You'll be usually be a Namco machine, and it's a dual Miss Pac-Man Galaga. Like there's one I can think of. I know where it is right now. It's at the pizzeria that we go to all the time, and there's a Miss Pac-Man slash Galaga machine right there. As soon as you walk in the door, so that you know that brings up a lot of memories for me growing up in the arcades. Oh, for sure. Also, in 1981, uh, Wizardry is released, starting one of the most successful computer role-playing game franchises. I've never heard of this game before. I have not either, and I'm wondering. Uh, it says here it was the original, uh, the significant influence on early console role playing games such as Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy. Uh, it was originally made for the Apple II, uh, and the games were later ported to other platforms. The last game in the series by Surtec, Wizardry 8, have uh, been since very. There have been since various spin off titles released only in Japan.
0: Yeah, I'm looking here. The latest release was Wizardry 8 back in November 15th of 2001. Yeah. So that's 20 years after the original came out.
2: And almost 20 years ago from now. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) We're getting old, man. (laughs) Yeah, we are.
0: Yeah, we are. In 1985 on September 19th, Capcom releases Ghost and Goblins, originally titled Mora, Hopefully, sort of is like how you pronounce me. that in <laughs> Japan. It was one of the most popular arcade games of the year and went on to spawn a series of later games. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I've heard of this game, but oh. I've I've never had the chance to play it. I think it's on the NES Classic.
2: Yeah, well, I actually I did this. Uh, I reviewed this last year for uh, our horror Halloween month for October. And um I love this game, but good lord, it's hard as hell. <laughs> and I it's so frustrating. Like I love it, but I can't play it like too many like too often, or it'll give me like anxiety because it is just ridiculously hard.
0: I do want to play Super Ghouls and Ghost for SNES. Um, I know it's gonna be on the SNES classic if oh, I have yeah. the chance to find one. If not, then it's it's a game that I'm on the lookout for for the SNES.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, basically, that's a remake of Ghosts and Goblins. It's basically the art, the uh, you know, the art, the more truer arcade port to the SNES. Interesting. Uh, let's see, the next one's mine, right? I forgot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, September twentieth of nineteen eighty five, Namco releases Motos. And I don't know about you but I've never heard of this game before in my life but the box art looks a, looks like it came straight out of uh Tron.
0: No lie, I was just about to say that.
2: <laughs> uh, it runs on the Super Pac-Man hardware hardware but with a video system like like that used in Mappy. Uh remember we talked about that not too long ago too. Um, yeah. I don't remember what that was though.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at screenshots. It looks kind of like looks
2: like a puzzle game almost.
0: It looks like something that would have been like an in-house game that was already installed on your computer in the nineties. Yeah.
2: It's kind of thinking that same. It says, uh, I'm, "I think it's a bumper car game almost." I don't know. Yeah, this, this, I'm looking this. at character descriptions yet. Yeah, it's about bumper cars. Oh yeah, that well, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Never heard of this, but it looks awesome. God, that box art is awesome. Oh yeah, I whoever did that box art must have been like a huge Tron fan.
0: Oh for sure, and this was <laughs> a couple of years after that movie came out, oh, so yeah. you can definitely see the influence. Absolutely. On September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety, Origin releases the first Wing Commander game. I've heard of this franchise, but I've never played any of the games.
2: Yeah, Wing Commander was pretty big back in the day, but I never had the chance to play any of these.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, if only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Yeah, I'm looking at some screenshots now. It, it looks like... Uh, let's see, what system was this for? It was for... Uh, it was originally for the computer and then ported to Sega CD and the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I I, I know the, the franchise, and I remember it being for the computer, but I don't remember ever seeing it for a console.
2: Uh, I do remember seeing it for the SNES. Uh and I, but I definitely, this was more, you know, this was more of a computer title back in the day. Yeah, it is. I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those kind of, just one of those games that just kind of passed me by back in the day. I, I'd like to, you know, at least see some videos of it because it was this the one they made a movie about a couple of years ago with like Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> or back in the like late nineties or something like that. I have to look that up. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, But on September 28th of 1990, Capcom releases Mega Man 3 for NES in Japan, introducing the characters Rush and Proto Man. Mega Man Slide is introduced and Capcom's character cameos. Uh, This is another Mega Man game that passed me by at the time. And I actually saw a copy of this today at uh, the retro gaming store that I go to. And I thought about picking it up because I think they were only asking like $19 for it. So um, this might be one of those titles that's starting to drop in price as well. Because I love Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2 was one of my favorite games for the NES. Um, but I I didn't really enjoy the first one because it's ridiculously hard. But yes. I never got a chance to play this one. And this is one of the ones that people say is really good in the series.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of cool that it, it introduces Rush and Proto Man who are you know, staples of that franchise. Yeah. I wanna say I, I don't know how you how big you are into the the pop figures, but now they have they have Mega Man, Rush, and Proto Man pops.
2: Oh, that's awesome. So,
0: so they're they're
2: immortalized. Oh, I'd love to get a Mega Man pop figure.
0: I think they have from that franchise they have those three and um Dr. Wiley.
2: Oh, that's so so awesome. It's,
0: it's pretty cool. I wish they did more like classic video game characters. Like they have Mega Man, they have Pac-Man. I, I would love if Nintendo would do pop figures, but I was just thinking what?
2: that. That that's like a marriage made in heaven. If if Nintendo started to let their characters be released as pop figures. Do you know how much money they would make? Oh my god. Dude, can you imagine a link pop figure? <sighs> <laughs> Mario. I can see it now.
0: You you do you could do a trio of sets. You could do Mario, Peach, and Bowser oh, as one set, that'd be and awesome. then Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf as another.
2: Ah, oh, dude, that's a million. That's like a billion dollar idea. Uh, I'll I'll trademark that. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, can't really do that because they're not my characters. But yeah. <laughs> if only. But no, the, the Nintendo should do that. They would make a ton of money,
2: oh, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that would be those would be the most popular pop toys if they did that.
0: oh, imagine this, and this could be a nice segue into my review, but could you imagine Pokemon pop figures? Oh God <laughs>
2: <laughs> How, I don't think they have enough enough plastic in the world to do every single uh, pop figure for every pokemon well not not
0: all of them just like the the main staple ones like you start with the originals and
2: then you can make the, yeah. the newer ones down the line <laughs> you'd have a plastic sword shortage in the world
0: <laughs> i have to dedicate a whole room just for the
2: pokemon pops uh but um actually let's go ahead and uh, and talk about some books right now before we go into our review for tonight
0: So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, Over the past week, I haven't really had time to really listen to much. I did start uh, Superpowers by author Drew Hayes uh, that I had mentioned uh, last week. So hopefully I can get back on that uh, this week because uh, baseball season is now over. So I'll actually have time to catch up on my podcast and my books and everything. Um, past books that I've listened to that I would recommend uh, star Wars bloodline is great. If you're a star Wars fan, um, Chris Jericho's autobiography, the best in the world at what I have no idea is another great one. Uh, they have all kinds of books. They have anything from mysteries, fiction, nonfiction, romance, sci-fi gaming. They literally have anything for anybody. And if you download the book and you decide you don't want Audible, you can keep the book. It's yep. yours to keep for free. It's my favorite four-letter word. Is free.
2: I actually went back this week and listened to a book I haven't listened to in a while that I had, uh, and the book that actually got me to get Audible <laughs> was. I'm a huge fan of you know Smodcast and all the, the different Smodcast podcasts, uh, but I like Tellum, Steve, Dave, and they did an mm-hmm. audio book called Fairy Retail Theater. Um, and it's basically not so much an audiobook as just an extra podcast, an extra <laughs> long podcast from Tell em Steve Dave, because they do uh they read um uh just public domain fairy tales, but it takes them so long to get through each one because they're just constantly stopping and like commenting and laughing. And if you're into that type of humor, the, especially like the Kevin Smith style of humor, uh, go pick up Fairy Retail Theater by Tell 'em Steve Dave. It's definitely will give you a laugh.
0: That's fantastic.
2: But to download your free audiobook today, go
0: to audibletrial.com/nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com/nerdcave
2: for your free audiobook. And this week we're going to be talking about.
0: Ah, uh, that wonderful, cheerful music from Pokemon. I don't know about you, but I could I could listen to that song all day. It just cheers me up. It's got <laughs> it a is, very upbeat, happy feel to it. It's very jaunty. It is very jaunty. Uh, this week, I will be reviewing Pokemon Snap for the Nintendo 64. What's crazy is this is actually the first Pokemon review that we've done on this show.
2: Really? I thought we did yeah. one before. I thought you did one.
0: I haven't reviewed the original games yet for Game Boy, which I, I was actually thinking about because I was looking through my list and I was like, I didn't put those on there. Huh. So I, I'll I'll do those at some point.
2: But See, I could have swore you did a Pokemon uh, Game Boy review before. Maybe I'm just maybe I dreamt that. <laughs> but no, this
0: Pokemon Snap was released uh, first in March of 1999 for the Nintendo 64 and later released in June 99 in North America. This is this was at the peak of the Pokemon craze. Now they released, you know, the, the first games they released Red and Green in Japan. It was basically the same game but some Pokemon were only exclusive to one color and then other Pokemon were exclusive to the other and so, the, the idea was to trade. I don't mean with to back
2: I don't mean to derail you. I am not a Pokemon person at all it completely was i was a little too old for pokemon so it kind of completely slipped me by but what do the colors mean because there's always they're always putting out games like pokemon red pokemon blue or yellow and like what what does that mean basically what it is is they release the same
0: game at the same time but two different versions okay so in Japan, it was originally red and green, but for some reason, when they released the games in the States, it was red and blue. So, in red, you have certain Pokemon that you can only catch in that game. Likewise, in blue, there are certain Pokemon that you can only catch in blue, but not in red. Hmm. And the idea is you have friends who have the other game and you trade, you know, uh... so you can get all 150.
2: So it's, uh, like, internet-enabled, even this far back.
0: Originally, for the old Game Boy, you would have to have this cable that you would connect yeah. from one Game Boy to the other.
2: Well, that's what I mean. It, Not necessarily internet-enabled, but, you know, uh, whatever. What what you just said. Yeah. Ba- <laughs> basically, what
0: you would do is you would go to a Pokemon Center where you take your, your Pokemon to get healed after battles. Uh-huh. And it has this separate section where you go into this lobby, and if you're connected via cable to your friend's Game Boy, then they'll be waiting in that lobby, and you talk to them, and you're like, okay, I'll trade you this Pokemon for the other.
2: But you could you battle each other, too, even though you had different mm -hmm. games? Yeah. Yeah, you could battle. That's awesome. Why Why don't they do that for the Pokemon Go? Because the reason I didn't play Pokemon Go is I was interested in it, but all it was was collecting Pokemon. And I'm like, well, what do you do with them? Well, you just keep them, and you evolve them. And I'm like, well, that's... how do you fight? And everybody's like, you don't. I'm like, well, what's the fucking point? <laughs> Sorry, I might have to put the uh, <laughs> the explicit tag on this one. That
0: wonderful red E. <laughs> but uh, kind of back to segueing back to Pokemon Snap, this was a spinoff game uh, from Pokemon. Because anything with the Pokemon name on it would sell. You know, you had, you had the games, you had the cartoon, you had the movies. And Pokemon Snap, and you'll probably think this is dumb when I tell you what the game is about, you take pictures of Pokemon. Okay. And... And that is all you do. But it is one of the most relaxing and most addictive games that I have ever played. So the story of this game is uh, it's about a Pokemon photographer named Todd Snap. He is summoned by Professor Oak, who is the world's like leading Pokemon expert, to Pokemon Island, a place with a variety of climactic and geographic regions where Pokemon live relatively undisturbed by humans. He needs quality pictures to accompany his scientific findings, and knows from past experience that Todd is the right person for the job. Using a motorized amphibious buggy named the Zero One, Todd explores the island and takes photographs of the wide variety of Pokemon that inhabit the environments. This is a very short game, and this is one of my few gripes with it: is that you, this game only has, I think, six or seven areas. It might have, might have eight. But it's it's a very short game. Uh, I played it, you know, when I first got it a couple of months ago, I played through it again, and I beat it in a couple of hours. Like, that that's how short it is. But it's literally what you do is you start... So, say, the first world is uh, the beach. So, you start... You're on this track, and you don't control where the vehicle goes. All you can do is move your character around in the vehicle, and you... See, you know, Pidgeys, which are birds, flying around, so you try and snap pictures of them. You see uh, Pikachu, so you try and take pictures of Pikachu. Uh, it, you, you have to go back through the various worlds as you collect various items to get better photos. So say after you beat the third world, you get uh, Pokemon food that you can throw out to, to feed them or whatever. So you go back to the beach, and Pikachu's like a few steps away from the surfboard. So if you throw food, you know that leads Pikachu from where he's standing to the surfboard. He'll jump on it and he'll pretend he's surfing, so you can so you can snap better photos. And this game, it actually, it had way better reviews than I thought it would get because I I didn't know the critical you know reviews of it back then. Yeah. Because I I bought it because it had the word Pokemon in it, but it actually got really good reviews. Uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it 83 out of 100. GamePro gave it 4 out of 5. GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10. IGN a 7.8 out of 10. And for the most part, it's one of those games where they say, if you're a Pokemon fan, you'll love it. But its a its biggest shortcoming is that it's extremely short.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think mainly, uh, especially from what it says right here, uh, Pokemon Snap was included among a test of video games that are fun, safe, easy to play, and of value for children. So this is probably was geared towards children. Like, mainly. Yeah, which, that,
0: that says a lot about my maturity factor, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, there's a lot of stuff for kids that are relaxing and fun that are meant for kids, but hey, adults get enjoyment out of it, too.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and I was playing this game earlier today, and it's one of those games that is just simply fun and relaxing. It's not too overly complex. It's it's not going to win game of the year. It's definitely not my you know, all-time favorite game. But it's the perfect game if you just want to relax after having like a stressful day at work or if you're just in a bad mood. Hmm. You can plug it in, snap a few photos of some Pokemon, and you will feel much better about yourself.
2: So what do you wh- do with, like, what's kind of the point of the game? Like, do you, like, just try to just get better pictures? Or do you actually, like, win something? Or is it just, that's just what it is. Is just getting better and better pictures.
0: And for the most part, that's what it is. And you go through different areas of the island. Like, the you start out on a beach, but then you can go through a cave and different Pokemon live there. Um, You go through a valley with some river rapids and you, you know, find different Pokemon there. The goal of the game is once you get, once you unlock everything, you go to this hidden area where you try to get um, a photograph of Mew, which was the 151st Pokemon uh, that he had just been revealed not too long before that. I think it was the movie, when the movie came out like a year or two before that, when, um, when Mew was revealed. But that's kind of... That's kind of the whole point of the game. It's definitely, there's not really like a huge storyline that goes with it. You just, for the most part, can go through all the levels and you just try to get better photos. Because at the end of the level, you go through and you select all the photos that you want to present to Professor Oak, Mm -hmm. and he'll he'll basically grade them. So, like, say if you get a picture of Pikachu on a surfboard, you're obviously going to get higher points than Pikachu just standing there. Yeah. Because he's doing cooler stuff. <laughs> so and you and as you go through, you get to kind of manipulate the environment as well because um, like for example, um, when you're going through uh, like a cave world, or no, I'll use the river as an example, you can throw food in the water and it causes you know like fish to to pop out. So you you have to kind of manipulate the environment a little bit to get better photos.
2: But no, it's, it's, I would have never guessed that that's what this game was about. Like, honestly, I mean, mostly when people talk about Pokemon, like what pops in my mind is, you know, you go through a game, you capture, capture Pokemon, you uh, train them, and then you take them out for battle. And it's sort of like, uh, you know, playing marbles or whatever. Like, if you beat another person's Pokemon, like, you get that person's Pokemon or something like that. Like, that's what that's what I think of when I think of Pokemon, whether that's correct or not. That's just kind of what I think about it.
0: Well, it was during that time where, like I said, if, if it had the name Pokemon on it, it would sell. Because I remember they did a game for the Nintendo 64 called Hey You Pikachu, I never played this, but it came with a little headset, and you could actually talk to the Pikachu in the game and tell him to do stuff, and he would do
2: it. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) So, And this is a game I would love to see a sequel to this, especially for the Switch, because with the tablet console, you could basically use that and move it like it's a camera.
2: Yeah. And I think that would be really cool. I think that would be way more fun than pokemon go is to just go around taking pictures of pokemon yeah i mean there's been
0: there's been a good amount of people who have wanted a sequel to this game ever since it came out and i think you know with the Switch's technology and the way it's its console is presented i think now would be a really cool time especially you know, why not release this to tie people over before you do the the open world Pokemon RPG that you're going to do for the Switch? Yeah. So, overall, like I said, this is not my, you know, most favorite game of all time, but it's one of those that I think is really underrated and a lot of people kind of dismiss it because of what the game is about or what its objective is. But if you're a Pokemon fan and you haven't played this game, I would definitely do it just because it's relaxing and fun.
2: Awesome. I actually see a pretty funny sentence here talking about the game. Wired editor Susan Arendt commented that while Pokemon Snap was considered the bastard child of the Pokemon franchise by some, the people in her office loved it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think just by that comment alone, it should not be the bastard child of Pokemon. <laughs> so, what grade out of out of ten? What would you give this game?
0: Um, I would probably give this game. I'd give it a solid seven. <laughs> I, I would. It would be a seven and a half or an eight if it wasn't so short. And maybe they, if they included like, you know, some extra worlds and some extra Pokemon, just, just to make the whole experience a little bit longer.
2: Yeah. And to me, it seems like this would be way more interesting to do as a Pokemon go type of thing because yeah, you capture the Pokemon and Pokemon go, but what do you do with them? It would make more sense to just like use AR to go around snapping pictures of Pokemon that are near you and getting some sort of, you know, reward points or something like that, that you use to, you know, get better pictures of Pokemon or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's, it seems like it would fit that better.
0: Yeah, it would definitely work as either a switch game or as like a mobile app game. I, I but a sequel, I think, needs to happen, and who knows, maybe someday it will.
2: Oh, I'm sure they've got plenty of Pokemon stuff uh, brewing in the near future because you know, even though it's not my thing, I'm not a Pokemon fan by any stretch of the imagination. I don't really know much about it. It is a long lasting franchise that I think is going to be around for a long, long time. I mean, it's going to be like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, you know, Star Wars, that type of franchise where it's just going to keep going and going because there's so much depth to it. No, I totally agree with that. I I wish I had been young enough to actually get into Pokemon because, you know, when Pokemon Go came out, I kind of felt felt like an outsider because like, you know, all my friends are, you know, especially like Wally and and Stephanie and you, you guys are all a couple of years younger than me. So this really kind of, you know, the whole Pokemon craze really kind of passed my passed me by while everybody else I know was like right in the thick of it, you know, because I was. You know, when Pokemon came out, I was already, you know, mid-teenager. Or at least by the time it hit in America. Yeah. So I was a little too old for it when it hit.
0: Yeah, I mean, Pokemon Go was fun in the beginning, but it was one of those things that I just kind of fell off of it. Like, I I don't mind it. You and about 60
2: million other people. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and it really had nothing to do with the server issues or things like that. It's just... You know, I did it for a while and just kind of stopped playing it. But uh, like I said, I would love to see a sequel to, to Pokemon Snap. And even the director of Game Freak, um, who is who are responsible for making the Pokemon games, has stated multiple times that he would love to see a sequel and that they wouldn't stop Nintendo from making it happen.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, so this this there a, you go. This is a uh, you know, Nintendo owns the Pokemon franchise, so they are going to milk this thing. <laughs> for as long as they possibly can. I mean, why do you think we're still having Mario pop up and everything? Is because they're so, he's so recognizable. I mean, Pokemon's the same way. Even though somebody like me, I have no idea what Pokemon's about, but I still know who Pikachu is or Charizard. Like I can yeah. point him out in a lineup, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But no, this is. <clears throat> If you're Sorry. a Pokemon fan, I would recommend playing this. If you're not, then I would say it's probably not for you.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it but definitely. That, I would think if you are a Pokemon fan, it's definitely something that you would want to have in your collection. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, that's my review of Pokemon Snap.
2: Awesome. Um, well, coming up next week, I have decided to go ahead and do F-Zero for the SNES. Um I got quite a few NES games. I'm going to get back to, but uh, but as of right now, I'm I'm kind of into my Super Nintendo, uh, and my N64. But um, I've really just been playing Resident Evil 2 and a lot of F Zero lately. So I'm going to go ahead and do F Zero next week.
0: Nice. And after that, I'll be doing Banjo Kazooie awesome. for the Nintendo 64. And and a- and like you, after that, I'm kind of I'll go back to. Uh, Super Nintendo, because there's still quite a few games that I want to review for it.
2: Yeah. And after this month, we got, we're going back into our uh, horror October month. So I got to pick up some, uh, some horror games. And I think uh, one of the first ones I'm going to do in October, I'm definitely going to do The Seventh Guest, which was a computer game uh, back in the, I think it was 93 when it was released, 93 or 94, uh, which you can get it on Steam right now for really cheap. Uh, I think just a couple of bucks, but it's definitely worth it, especially if you like solving puzzles. Um, and that's basically all the game is: is you solve puzzles, and you get the next cutscene to to figure out, you know, what happened to all these people that were in this house, you know, this haunted house. And um, it's a really awesome game. Then the the graphics still hold up relatively well. Um, but uh, but go check it out on on Steam. I'm going to be reviewing that in October.
0: Nice. I'll have to find some
2: horror theme games as well. Yeah, I'm on the hunt right now for uh, for Castlevania Three. Um, I really want to play Castlevania Three lately, uh, and hopefully I can find it. If not, I'm just going to bite the bullet and go ahead and get it on eBay so I can review it for October. Oh, October is already shaping up to be fun. No, it's it's less than a month. <laughs> God, it's crazy that
0: it's already September. I
2: know. Do you can you believe this year's almost over?
0: Yeah, it, it's insane. It's
2: crazy. I don't like how fast time's going now. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to get out there before we leave here tonight?
0: Um, no, I don't believe so. Just if you um, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out this past week's Derek Diamond experience with Jason and Wally as my special guest. We talked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Yes, that was a fun show too. I still haven't gone back and listened to it yet. Uh, I will do that this week though. Um, and if you missed this week's episode of Pop Culture Palette, um, we kind of talked about a lot of stuff this week. We talked about how hard it is to write a sequel. Uh, we talked about um, the new uh, Wonder Woman movie, uh, the Wonder Woman origin movie uh, about, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's about the creators of Wonder Woman. It's kind of a biopic that's coming out. Uh, I think it comes out in November. Uh, if you want to go check that out, just go over to PCPRadio.com uh, or you can just go on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and look up Pop Culture Palette and uh, you'll get it right there. Sweet. Uh, and i went uh, and i checked on itunes i didn't see any new reviews for this week Uh, i still haven't looked on overcast and stuff like that so um, please out there if you like the show please go on itunes or stitcher or wherever you listen uh, and just take a couple minutes to leave us a review and that will bump us up in the ratings and get us in front of more people so uh and you'll we'll give you a shout out on the show and and a huge thank you for doing so But on that note, let me turn on our music here. Uh, If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaperetro at gmail.com. You can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Nerd Cave Retro, at JFunkTastic, at Derek underscore Diamond. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Nerd Cave Retro. And I think the easiest place to get a hold of us is probably on Twitter um, because we get a lot of activity on our Twitter page and uh, try to be very quick with our, you know, getting back with people. So if you got anything you want to ask us, that, that'd be the best place to do it at Nerd Cave Retro. So, Derek, tell them what it's all about.
0: Gotta catch them all. Pokemon.
2: <laughs> and we'll see you next week here on the Nerd Cave Retro Show.
1: You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.